small business news, advice, and education. This is Startup BizCast. Hello and welcome, everyone. This is Startup BizCast number 76. I'm your host, Steve Mullen, president of Endgame Public Relations. Startup BizCast is produced by BizPods, the corporate podcast production service from Endgame Public Relations. For more information, please visit endgamepr.com forward slash podcasts. This episode of Startup BizCast is sponsored by GoToMyPC. You know, it's great to work at home during the holiday season. It's a great way to stay involved with your business but see more of your family at the same time. The problem is, how do you access all of your work files and the things you need to do your work on your work computer? There's a solution to that problem, though. GoToMyPC allows you to see your computer desktop from any other computer in the world. And listeners of Startup BizCast can get a free 30-day trial by going to gotomypc.com slash techpodcasts. You can find that link on the show notes for this episode. This week we're talking about public speaking. It's one of the more terrifying experiences for a lot of people, ranking right up there with being attacked by giant spiders. My guest this week is a public speaker, an author, and a public speaking coach. Rich Hopkins will have some tips that will make you more prepared next time you have to speak in front of a large group of people. Before we get to this week's interview, though, I have some listener feedback to discuss. I received an email through the Startup BizCast Submit Your Advice form a week or so ago. The Submit Your Advice page can be found on the Startup BizCast blog. Just look near the top of the page for a link that says Submit Your Advice. It's a way for listeners to impart little bits of wisdom that might not be enough for a complete episode of the show. Francis Jones from Cole Media Management sent in some advice about voicemail greetings. It's something that's often overlooked. When someone calls and you're not around, that greeting might be the first contact they have with your company. Francis gave five good tips for a voicemail greeting. Number one, record it while standing and smiling. This will give your voice warmth and energy. Redo it several times if necessary. Number two, don't have any background noise. No cars, music, telephones, ringing, etc. Number three, inhale before you begin to record and speak on the exhalation as you begin to leave your message. This gives your voice resonance and authority. Number four, be sure that your name, your business name, and any alternate numbers are clearly articulated. And number five, make sure it's current. Updating it should be the first thing you do when returning from a business trip or a vacation. That's some great advice, and I thank Francis for sharing it with us. And be sure to leave your listener-submitted advice, and I'll be sure to use it in a future show. Time now for this week's Startup BizCast advice interview. A couple of months ago, I was asked to be one of three speakers on a webinar. The following week, I was asked to do another. And then a few weeks later, I was asked to present at a business conference. I was a little nervous about these opportunities, but having a communications background, it really wasn't a big deal. However, most small business owners don't have that background, and a situation like this, or even speaking in front of a small local business group, could be terrifying. However, opportunities like these can help your business immensely and shouldn't be turned down. My guest this week is Rich Hopkins. He's a public speaker, an author, and a public speaking coach, and he's been good enough to give us some of his time this week. Rich, thanks for joining us on Startup BizCast. Glad to be here. Now, before we get started, tell us about yourself and and your business. Well, I'm a speaker. I go out and I speak to corporations to help them deal with making creative decisions in a lot of different ways that we approach life, and a lot of times we spend our time all on the urgent instead of looking at some things that may be dragging us down, we just consider them annoyances and move on. And on the other side, I'm a speaking coach. I work with small business owners and individuals to help them increase their public speaking skills so that they can be better at what 
they do and have credibility when they speak. Now, when people hear the phrase public speaking, uh, many times they think about prepared speeches in front of large groups of people, but public speaking skills can come in handy in a variety of different ways, right? Absolutely. We're speaking all the time. Anytime you're speaking with somebody else in the room, you can consider it public speaking. When you've got uh, an issue with a small business owner, when you're just one-on-one with an employee, when you're one-on-one with a customer, you're always having a chance to uh, tell them who you are, what you're about, what you're selling. And the more credible you can sound when you're talking to them, not sputtering through what you're trying to tell them, but actually getting to the point, speaking with confidence, looking at them in the eye, that's a way to use public speaking to your advantage, even though you may not be in front of a room of 100 people. What's the hardest thing for the average person about speaking in public? Looking people in the eye, in particular, is difficult for people because one of the real fears of public speaking is feeling like a fool and having the other person ready to disagree with you. And in particular, in small business, we're always waiting for that objection, why they're not going to buy. And so we typically will finish our sentences without looking at the other person in the eye, and that type of Uh, lack of confidence can be easily detected by the person you're speaking to. If they look down every time they're finishing their statement, you know they're either not confident or you might even perceive it as lying. Now let's talk about more formal speeches. Uh, Say a business owner is getting up in front of their local Rotary Club or Kiwanis Club to talk about their industry, their business, that sort of thing. What are the basics of preparing for that situation? Well, it's a great opportunity for businesses, and I don't think they use it enough. I advise my clients not to sit back and wait and to be invited into those situations, but to seek those out. Go out and not just promote your business because most of those associations don't want you to go up and sell anything. They want you to provide some value to the audience and then they might sell you when they introduce you or after you sit down. So you want to come up with a benefit speech. What is it that you can teach the audience? If you're an AC guy, you're doing air conditioning, you want to talk to them about the best uh, way to choose an air conditioner without selling your services. You may talk about horror stories that you've experienced in your life of Uh, people who have picked the wrong air conditioning company and you've had to go in and clean up their mess. You create the need without actually doing any selling to the audience. So finding out what you're going to talk about is the first thing you've got to do. And after that, uh, for the average business owner, if they are just looking at giving speeches every few weeks or every few months, I recommend they join Toastmasters and just start learning to feel comfortable in front of an audience and practicing uh, various content. Now, any tips on relaxing the nerves? A lot of people get nervous in situations like this, uh, other than maybe you know the old standby of picturing your audience or in their, in their underwear. Yeah, you might get more nervous picturing your audience in their underwear that's these kind of, days. That's kind of how I feel. I mean, it seems like it would be even more of a distraction. <laughs> So in terms of being not, not being nervous, I think that's a misnomer. I think if you're not nervous, you probably don't care about your audience very much or you don't care about what you're going to say. So learning what your content is, being prepared, having told the stories you're going to tell uh, over and over again before you actually get in front of an audience, 
Uh, practice doesn't make perfect, but practice does help you control those nerves. And keeping in mind that when you get up, the audience is expecting to hear from you. They want something from you, and they expect you to be ready to give it. And so you need to go up there ready to give them something, not ready to be applauded or worried that you're going to look bad, but instead going up with a gift for the audience, something that they can leave with that is going to benefit them. And what's the best way to practice? Uh, Are we talking in front of a mirror, in front of a family member? What's the best way to do it? Well, in lieu of going to Toastmasters, and a lot of people just don't have time for that, uh, you hear you see business books all the time recommending Toastmasters. I advise people go there to get in front of an audience, but it is a slow learning curve. And so when I work with clients that call me up and have a speech in two weeks, uh, we get together and we get them on film as quickly as possible because that's a great way to give your speech a look and see what you're doing right, what you're doing that might be distracting from the audience. It's also a good way to learn your speech. If you're watching yourself on film or if you're playing an audio recorder back to yourself of what you've just said, it's a lot easier to remember. What's your feeling on uh, PowerPoint presentations, good or bad? Depends on the situation. In general, PowerPoint presentations don't add to what you're saying and, in fact, take the attention away from you as the speaker. If you're giving a technical presentation, if you're in a training situation, uh, PowerPoint might be very valuable. It might have some opportunities to uh, explain something in the graphic that you can't fully explain yourself without showing them a larger picture. If you have specific quotes or specific Uh, rules and regulations that you need to have attributed, having it on PowerPoint, excuse me, having it on PowerPoint can be very valuable. But in general, if if you feel you have to use PowerPoint, use it as little as possible. It needs to support you instead of replace you. If we don't need you and we can just watch PowerPoint, then we don't need you and you might as well sit down. But if you're talking and then you put up a picture that supports what you've just said or works as a punchline for humor, I have a client who had cars run into her house on two occasions this year, and she would discuss that and show the pictures as a punchline, and it worked very well in terms of really illustrating to people what it was like to have a a two-ton truck run into your front door. Yeah, I guess in a situation like that, pictures do speak a little louder than words. But uh, so you're saying, for the most part, uh, it's it's a it's a bit of a crutch that you just don't need. It can be a crutch, but beyond that, it's a distraction. It's an opportunity for the audience to get lost in the screen, to be reading whatever you might have up there, and if you're trying to move on to a different point and they're busy stuck in your PowerPoint and even worse, the people who print out their PowerPoints and hand them out to their audience, that audience might hear only half of what you're saying because they're too involved in the screen behind you or the notes you've given them. Let's switch gears just a little bit. For members of these organizations, like I mentioned, the Rotary Kiwanis Club, organizations like that that are actually looking for speakers, what should they actually look for when they're when they're searching for these speakers? What's going 
going to be valuable to your audience. Uh, and too often you're just bringing in people who are willing to speak instead of trying to find somebody who has something unique to say, something that can offer uh, tips and tools that your audience can take home with them, something that can transform. But at the same time, a lot of these organizations are looking for causes to help. So they're bringing in people who aren't necessarily speakers, but spokespeople for various causes or uh, situations where people need help. So it really depends on what your association is looking to do on a weekly basis when you bring a speaker in. So it, it, it's more important as a speaker to seek them out as opposed to let them seek you out. When you approach an organization as a small business owner, you want to talk to them about what value you can provide their audience, why it's important that you go in to speak. And even if you don't sell anything at all, if you own a plumbing business and you go in and you talk to them about a transformative situation you had as a teenager where you had an accident and had to go through physical therapy and you suddenly uh, were able to change your life the way you thought about life, something that has nothing to do with your business but puts you in front of them as a positive person, as somebody with value for them even on a personal level, it gives you a chance to promote your business, a chance to meet them in person and expand your influence in the community. Public speaker, author, and coach, Rich Hopkins, thanks for joining us this week on Startup BizCast. Thank you. It's wonderful being here this morning. Rich does offer one-on-one coaching, so if you have a speaking engagement you'd really like to nail, give him a call. You can learn more at richhopkinsspeaks.com forward slash coaching.htm. That link can be found on the Startup BizCast blog. So what's your business public speaking horror story? I'd love to hear about it, and you can remain anonymous if you'd like. The best way to contact me is to leave a voicemail that I can use in a future episode. That voicemail number is 206-350-7905. That's 206-350-7905. And if for whatever reason you can't leave a voicemail, you can also email info at startupbizcast.com or leave a comment on the Startup BizCast blog. That's a wrap for episode 76 of Startup BizCast. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Steve Mullen. If you enjoyed this episode of Startup BizCast, please let us know by leaving a review at iTunes, voting for the show at Podcast Alley, or giving it a dig at dig.com.